Hi, I'm Marnie, your host, and today, in the spirit of our special series on dry skin, we are talking to the faces of dry skin conditions, real life stories um, from a group of uh, incredible advocates, women um, successful in their own right. There has been a stigma attached to skin conditions for centuries and those that have skin conditions not only have to cope with the effects of their diagnosis and how that may change their daily lifestyle, but also the reaction, unfortunately, of others to their condition. So in this week's podcast episode, we'll be talking about not just one, but three different dry skin conditions that affect thousands or millions of people's lives across the globe. We're speaking with Stephanie, Farah, Carly, and Georgia. So I really hope you enjoy this podcast episode. You may have heard some of these guests before on uh, the Heal Thy Skin podcast, and I'm really excited to bring you a a little bit of a, a different take on our traditional interview uh, style format. So you'll be introduced and hear some of these stories throughout the episode. So enjoy. Whether you have a skin interest, a skin query, a skin trauma or skin disease, I warmly welcome you to Heal Thy Skin, a podcast brought to you by Derm Health Co. I'm Marnie, dermal clinician, dermoscopist, and your podcast host. Skin is deeper than beauty, and our mission is to build the largest platform of specialized practitioners focused on skin health and skin empowerment. Join me each week where we go deep into the skin and beyond to hear stories and education from leading practitioners on a journey of skin health. This six-part special series podcast was made possible by our fabulous partners, Dermotherapy, and this special series really is deep diving into dry skin conditions. It's also known as cirrhosis. You will be learning about the cause, the therapies, and the stories behind dry skin conditions. Approximately 50% of people over the age of 40 experience dry skin, and it's likely that most people will experience dry skin somewhere on their body at some point in their lives. So this series is relevant to everyone. Dermal therapy aligns with the Derm Health Co values because their products are accessible, which is super important. They can be found at most pharmacies and grocers, plus online. They're also made using evidence-based ingredients. They have clinical studies to back this up and they're dermatologist recommended. So you know that it works. Another big tick is that Dermotherapy is Australian made and owned. Go Aussie. Dermotherapy's range of products for very dry skin are not only hydrating, they also have unique keratolytic properties. And this helps with dead skin deposition and removal. So throughout the series, you'll be hearing more about the results and clinical studies using the Dermotherapy products. And we are so excited to bring this series to you because it's the first of its kind. We've never seen this in podcast land where there's a special series dedicated to one specific skin condition. It 
is different to our older traditional podcast where it's one different episode each week. And we thought um, we know that our community loves to get really deep and dirty into a particular topic. And what better way than to create an entire six part series on this particular topic, which means that it's easy to share. It's easy to learn and immerse and you can come back for later reference or share it with friends, family members, patients, clients, etc. So I'm so looking forward to bringing this to you. I think you're going to love it. Um, we would love to hear your feedback on how you find this special series as well. So make sure that you tag us if you're listening at dermhealth.co and also ensure that you're tagging out wonderful partners at Dermal Therapy as well. Okay, let's get right in. So the first person we're speaking with today is Stephanie Shepard of Sea Psoriasis. Stephanie has been living with psoriasis for about 14 years and she runs an Instagram and YouTube channel which has raised psoriasis awareness through sharing her story and other people's as well. She strongly believes in natural healing. She's noticed big improvements of her psoriasis through diet and lifestyle changes um, because that's when she's really seen the best results for her skin. I started by asking Steph what she thought was the biggest misconception about psoriasis. I would have to say people think that it's just physical condition. And that, you know, they think that, okay, just because it's on your skin, like you can cover it or, or like it's not affecting you internally, like it hurts your mental health. It's just much more than just on your skin. Like it goes so much deeper than that and it affects your social life and it's not just an appearance thing. The next person that we're speaking with is Farah Kalek and I'm asking her what she thinks is the biggest misconception about scleroderma. Farah is a motivational speaker and scleroderma ambassador and she was just 17 years old when she began experiencing symptoms and the early signs of scleroderma and since then she has braved her situation to advocate and voice herself as a strong and empowered woman. Farah really sees scleroderma as another life challenge and has really managed to live with it to her advantage. Scleroderma is just a skin disease where it's not just about the skin. It's actually a lot more. Nobody tells you about the changes you're going to see. Nobody tells you about the lifestyle changes you have to make. Nobody tells you about so many things with your body. You know, it's not just the skin getting hard, but quite a lot. Even the organs get affected. The next biggest misconception that we're going to cover is about ichthyosis, and you're going to hear from Carly Finley, OAM. She is an award-winning writer, speaker, and appearance activist living with ichthyosis. She works part-time at Melbourne Fringe as their access and inclusion coordinator, and she writes on all things uh, including disability issues for publications including ABC, Daily Life, and SBS. She also covers cooking and fashion, some of her passions. Carly has written her first book, a memoir called Say Hello. It is an absolute beauty. I've both listened to the Audible and read the paperback version. Highly recommended. She's also edited Growing Up Disabled in Australia. I think that the biggest misconception is that the serious skin conditions and also minor skin ailments, just cosmetic 
for me, I have ichthyosis and it makes my skin very red, very scaly. I use paraffin-based ointments to treat it daily, to maintain it daily. And I think that so many people think that I've been sunburnt or it's a result of microdermabrasion and that it will easily go away. They think that it's cosmetic but not painful. And so when people ask me, are you sunburnt? And I say no, they're relieved thinking that, oh, thank God you've been sunburnt because you know how painful that can be. Mm. But they don't even think about the ongoing kind of effects how painful living with ichthyosis is and also how socially challenging it is. It's almost a relief that to them when I say I'm not sunburnt that oh they think I'll go away Mm. or that it can be easily covered up. So I think for me that's the biggest misconception. I mean of course there's a lot of other things like you know the microaggressions and overt discrimination that I experience. They all come down to misconceptions as well. You know things like I might ruin a taxi driver's car because of my face Mm. or that I'm contagious or that that it's microdermabrasion. Yeah. (laughs) It's quite ridiculous. I have no idea what, you know, I don't practice in any kind of cosmetic procedures at all. So when people ask me if it's microdermabrasion, I laugh because I get that a lot. You're now going to hear some stories of those faces behind dry skin conditions. And you're first going to hear from Georgia Harris of Meadows on My Skin. She's a 25-year-old aspiring actor from Yorkshire. Georgia frequently posts raw, intimate, and really vulnerable posts about life with psoriasis. She has experienced a lot of adversities and her challenges um, were really what led to her development of her skin condition, psoriasis. She talks about how she handles the mental health struggles that may come alongside it, it, as well as the mental health challenges of everyday life. I'm Georgia from East Yorkshire, and you might know me as Meadows on My Skin on Instagram, where I run a profile dedicated to uplifting, empowering, and inspiring people with psoriasis and other visible differences. When I was growing up, there was a few years in my life that were incredibly difficult to deal with. I had been relentlessly bullied, I had a lot of body perception issues and then my best friend passed away in a really horrific, tragic accident when I was just 11. When I was trying to come to terms with that, I couldn't really process it when I was that young. I couldn't understand it and it really affected me in many ways. I was anxious, depressed, I stopped taking care of myself and it led to psoriasis. This was something that manifested a few years later, a few years down the line, um, when I was around about 15. I was studying my GCSEs and I was suffering from earache. And one day I ran my finger around the inside of my ear and this large white thing came off in my finger and I assumed it was shampoo. And it happened the next day and the day after that and that's when I realized this isn't shampoo, I think my skin's falling off. Which obviously, as a 15 year old who had no idea what psoriasis was, that was terrifying. And after I'd seen a dermatologist, he did confirm that I did have psoriasis. Now my first flare of psoriasis wasn't that extensive, but it did clear up quite quickly. It only really affected the side of my face, my elbows and my ears. And I didn't see much more of it for the next few years. So I thought, brilliant. That's it. 
And then I was in college and I experienced my first bigger flare, which was over my face. Farah is now going to share her story about the long journey of the diagnosis to scleroderma, which started when she was about 17 years old. I was about 17 years old when my first symptoms came up and that was darkening of the skin around my knuckles on my hands and swelling early in the morning when I would wake up. There was a lot of swelling on my face, on my hands. And then after about a few hours of waking up, the swelling would just go away. And then there was a lot of stiffness around my thighs. And, you know, it would just come and go, the stiffness, you know. Yeah, those were my initial symptoms. That was around 17. I had just cleared high school. I was in college and I had also landed my first job. So I was pretty excited. I was really active. And all of a sudden, you know, I'm starting to slow down. I can't wake up easily in the morning. I can't suddenly just, you know, like if a pen drops on the floor, I can't pick it up as quickly as I could earlier. You know, I had to like really stretch myself out because now my skin is not as elastic as it was. I am a Muslim and I pray. So when I'm praying, I have, you have to squat down. And I can't do that easily as well. So I'm like, what's happening? What are these changes? You know, why, why can't I sit down on the floor? Why can't I do stuff? You know, why can't I just get up from the chair, you know, immediately like a, like a normal person? You know, why do I have to really struggle? And yeah, those are my initial symptoms. And when we had to get the test done, I had to quit my job. I had to quit college because I was getting really weak. It was really coming in fast. And the tests were so intense and aggressive. There was tests each and every other day. And, you know, the needles wouldn't go into my skin because my skin is now so hard and it was painful and I'm, I'm becoming weak. And, you know, emotionally also, I was really drained. So a lot was happening during that period and until we went to India for my first diagnosis I was completely you know in this dark space already and finding out about scleroderma now and then just being told blatantly that there's no cure there's nothing you can do about it you just give you these steroids and you just have to manage it and that's it so unlike (laughs) what does that even mean you know so sitting there in the doctor's office trying to unpack that As a 19-year-old, you know, I'm trying to understand what has just happened to me, you know. And then to start it all off, I'm looking into the mirror and I'm not even recognizing this girl anymore. Like, who is this? So the changes had begun. It was such an intense moment, a period of my life. Stephanie shares her earliest memory of developing a skin condition and the journey of her first misdiagnosis. Well, just on my chest, I had this little, it'd be like a five cent piece. It was just like this little itchy rash. And to be perfectly honest with you, for months, I just didn't really do much about it because I just thought, oh, you know, you're young and you just think, oh, it'll probably go away, whatever it is. And then my mum noticed it and she was like, you've had that for a while. I think we should get it checked out. And it had gotten a little bit bigger. So we got it checked out and the lady just said, yeah, no, it's dermatitis. And I didn't really think much of it. She just gave me some steroid cream and I popped it on. And for a little while, it did give me some relief. But I just didn't think of it as a big deal. 
then probably like eight or nine months later, I just was covered like literally from head to toe. And it sort of happened so fast that one little patch just turned into like my whole body being covered. There are many types of ichthyosis, as Carly explains. I ask her to share a little bit more about ichthyosis for those that may not yet have heard of the condition. Sure. So when I was younger, I guess I was in denial, you know, having ichthyosis of being different. I remember my mum got this amazing portrait painted of an African woman. My mum is South African and she said that this woman would paint a portrait of me and I said, oh, could she paint me white? or brown, but I think at the time I probably asked for white because I didn't identify as African. Mm. And, you know, I wouldn't want people to point out the obvious, but now it's, that's just silly. Like it's factual. It's not an offensive thing to say that I've got a red face. I do image descriptions on my social media and I'll say woman with red face and short, dark, curly hair, which is factual. Yes. Yeah, so my skin is red. My body is not as red at, like most days, but it is quite, quite red and significantly redder when I am sore. I have Netherton syndrome, which is a type of ichthyosis. There's about 25 types of ichthyosis, I think. And there's types that are very passable. So if you wouldn't know that you've got, a, you know, someone else wouldn't know that you've got a skin condition because you can easily cover it. It might be that you've got some dryness on your legs or extra scaly scalp, you know, different to dandruff. And you might still have white or brown skin, but you can easily pass. And then there's types of ichthyosis that leave your skin with massive scales. They're very pronounced. They're very dark. And I guess people who don't know about ichthyosis think that those people are dirty mm-hmm. because the scales are much like brown or look, I guess look unwashed. And then there's the types like mine, which Netherton syndrome, erythroderma and harlequin ichthyosis on the severe end of the scale, which make our skin very red, impact our hair growth. I have a lot of hair at the moment and it has taken a long time to get to this when I was younger. And oh, the other thing that happens is my eyes get very dry. We do not have elastic lower lids. People with ichthyosis don't have elastic lower lids. And so mm. a lot of people have what's called atropian eyelids, which means the eyelids turn out and don't hold the tears. And so we're often dabbing at our eyes. I am anyway, and I know other people have had that because they get mucus in them. And there are a number of people I know who have had corneal abrasions and they've had to have operations. I have not yet, but my eyes get very, very dry. Georgia's story and the many adversities that she's experienced in her life has been a challenge to say the least, but she has found this like inner fire, this real want and desire to help others that may be experiencing similar things. And she's done this through Instagram, blogging and vlogging. I asked her, how did this start? How did it come about? My biggest flare came around in 2018. It covered 85% of my body, again, following an incredibly stressful time for me in my life, where I had a lot to deal with, a lot of trauma that I didn't really understand, and a lot of things that I've regressed from my childhood that I was trying to deal with. I had taken myself to therapy, but it manifested itself, again, as psoriasis. 
and this was probably one of the darkest times of my life trying to come to terms with what was happening to me and why I had to look like this when all I wanted to look like was that it was really difficult for me trying to comprehend that in some way um, and it was at that point that a friend said to me why don't you make a blog or why don't you make a journal and document how you're feeling which is something that I had done when I was younger when I was trying to process my friend's death I kept a journal with my feelings in it and I thought maybe that's not an awful idea and I thought I want something where I can view my pictures and see what it looked like and how it progressed and that's why I made my Instagram account and I remember posting my first post I didn't put any hashtags on it I just put a little caption and I started getting these comments saying welcome to the community and I remember thinking sorry but after a few posts I found that actually there were thousands of people who felt exactly the same way that I did, who needed that guidance. And I realised that I could be a voice for the people who were struggling. I knew what 15 year old me needed when she was diagnosed with psoriasis that I didn't necessarily get. The support that I didn't get because I didn't know anybody else with psoriasis. Or, you know, somebody who just understood what it was like. Someone who could be honest with me about how it would feel and how it would affect me. It was really difficult trying to process that without that person. I've always been really good at helping other people and terrible at helping myself. And it was at that point that I realised I can make this into something important. And it became a project. Farah shares how her love of all things fashion inspired her to start blogging and vlogging. I just uh, stumbled upon a, lo- a blog and at first I was like, Wow, you know, I saw these articles and you know what caught my eye was the fashion articles about, you know, there was a lot of this how to style a skirt in four ways and how to style a black t-shirt. And I'd be like, oh my God, wow. And you know, I was, I mean, I'm a girl. I love fashion. I love my clothes. I love my handbags. I love good stuff. You know, I love going shopping and stuff. And I'd be like, you know what? You know, I I, uh, I also had my own fashion sense. I'm like, I'm going to write too. But now I was like, what are you going to write about, you know? And all of a, you know, just this one day on my laptop, reading blogs, I just started typing and I would, I found I felt so good, you know, writing out, writing. It would be about food. I love food, by the way. <laughs> so I'd be writing about food sometimes. There were so many drafts I had written out. I never published them. But the, yes, there were some that I wrote and I published. And it, it just made me feel good. And then I went on YouTube, you know. YouTube was in 2009, you know. That's when it just hit off. And I'm like, oh, wow, I'm seeing these vloggers. And I'm like, I want to do that too, you know. So it was just, you know, looking and feeling like okay even I can do that why can't I and I just started and I just I found joy in it you know and if I do something and I find joy in it I keep doing it and it's just a roller coaster from there if I see that I'm like you know I tried journaling but I couldn't keep up and I'm like okay it's okay I, I can't do that so I just keep it aside and I'm like you know I don't force anything on myself I always try and do what brings joy to me. And being in front of the camera just makes me happy. I don't know why, but it just 
makes me happy and I just love it. So yes, videos, editing, I'm learning how to edit. I'm so excited. I'm learning how to create posters. You know, so being this creative being has really given me the, I think it's given me an outlet, a place to be free with myself, you know, and just create. And I don't even care, you know, if I get any likes or not, or if I get any views or not, I don't even bother anymore. I I, I just want to be me. And I feel like that's the main, that's the most important thing. This podcast series is brought to you by DermHealth Co. in partnership with Dermal Therapy. Dermal Therapy Lip Balm Original is Australia's number one lip balm, with one of their lip balms being sold every 30 seconds in Australia. Absolutely incredible. Okay, let's launch back into the podcast. We're now starting to move into the direction of interviews that I really love, and that's starting to hear about pieces of advice for someone that may be experiencing a skin condition, whether it be visible, non-visible, and how that affects their life. But before we do that, um, we hear from Stephanie about some of the treatment plans that she's actually experienced with psoriasis because she has had several types of different treatments. Some have worked, some haven't. To be honest with you, I've done quite a lot of treatments. I've done all the steroid sort of stuff, which I don't do anymore. I did phototherapy, which is I still think is one of the most brilliant treatments. With rheumatoid arthritis or psoriatic arthritis, about 30% of psoriasis sufferers actually develop it, which is such a high chance. And I was going through a little bit of a stage where I was feeling really achy all the time and I was having lots of pains in my joints and everything. So I actually went and got checked, went and got tested and it was negative. But it's, I guess, a chance that one day I may develop it. But I just hope that with, you know, the rest, like diabetes and that sort of thing, that with the healthy diet that I eat, I just hope not to develop them. There's not really anything I can do to stop it. But I believe that like the diet that I'm on um, is such a big preventer you know even with a lot of other conditions when you see the vegan movement you know like all these people who are on all these like crazy heart medications for the rest of their life and arthritis tablets and they change up their diet to plant-based and it actually changes things dramatically which I guess is a whole nother topic but it's just interesting that diet can almost get rid of these diseases I'm not saying it can cure everything but A lot of the time when people do try to switch up their diet, they can actually stop taking certain medications they were on and their symptoms actually start to subside. Carly shares her advice for someone that may be experiencing a visible skin condition or also friends, parents, carers. She really talks about the importance of being visible, not filtering your photos um, and things like that. I think you're really going to taking a lot from this advice uh, because it's not things that we hear every day really really important though I think it's really important to be visible so to not filter your photos to show people that you are okay with your face being seen uh, that you are helping other people know that there's other people out there like like them so you know being real on social media being authentic and also for people that don't have skin conditions be authentic you know be good allies to us know that you don't have to always answer why you have a red face or look the way you do know that that you don't have to provide a medical history to a stranger 
And also know that loving yourself is much, much easier than hating yourself and wanting to change. There's only treatments out there, like I was talking about earlier, that about reducing the redness, but they can really hamper the impact of our lives. So use what you need to, but don't take the medications that reduce the quality of life. Yeah, things coming out so frequently for claiming that it's going to cure or do this, mm-hmm. but then one of the risks. I remember being with a friend who has a child with ichthyosis, a beautiful boy in America. And at the time I met her, she was pregnant. And she said, oh, I can't put this cream on my son because it will harm my unborn baby. And I said, what's it doing to your son then? Another thing for parents is connect your child with other people with ichthyosis we know a lot where your child's going to be us one day it's important for your child to have role models and also stop talking over us like parents just listen and don't Mm -hmm. you know like don't dismiss our opinion I had a parent one day message me and she was the mother of about a 15 month old and she told me that the paraffin I was using was harming my skin and that I should use a different product that was part of a multi-level marketing scheme. I now know that she's selling tubs, like nano bubble tubs for people. And she guilts people into thinking that they're not caring for their child because they're not purchasing this $4,000 tub. Mm, wow. There's an issue. So just take a step back and know that we have experienced this for years and years and years and are managing the best we can and are probably more helpful to your child than a multi-level marketing product ever will be. Farah shares how really being true to yourself, loving yourself and knowing that you have everything that you need within you is really, really important, whether you're living with a skin condition or not. If you have any condition, we have all sorts of conditions and it gets lonely. It really gets lonely. I'd say is find yourself first. Find yourself, make sure you're there for yourself, be present for yourself. I mean, my mom is there for me, I know that, but I sleep alone, you know, and I feel like I wish I had someone at night, you know, to cuddle up to or just to tell me, hey, you're beautiful, you know. So I, I would just say, be there for yourself. Be there for yourself. Because you're, at this point, your body, your soul needs you. And once you're there for yourself, you'll find a way to walk this journey. You will find a way. Just make sure you're there for yourself. Don't leave yourself alone. That's my most important advice. Because once I found myself, once I, I promised myself, I looked into the mirror and I looked into my eyes and I I could see myself wanting to live, but I was not accepting myself and I was stopping myself. So I said, no, I'm going to live for you. Look into the mirror and tell yourself, I'm going to live for you and just do it. You'll find your way. And of course, make sure God is with you in your life and you'll be able to to walk through anything. We're rounding up today's podcast episode with three pieces of advice from Stephanie for someone that may be experiencing psoriasis now. But this advice also applies to someone that may have a skin condition that's not psoriasis. I would say what are what you eat. So like just be so mindful what you put into your body because other people they might get you know acne or something like that when they eat bad stuff for us we see it in our skin you know we see it in our psoriasis so 
watch what you eat learn to sort of love who you are no matter what like your skin looks like you should still be proud of who you are and just be hopeful that you know you get through it and the last piece of advice is just like you are not alone like all you need to do is type in the hashtag psoriasis and you will find millions of people going to the exact same thing as you so just yeah try and maybe even connect with them and put yourself out there if you can and be positive and be hopeful What an episode. I hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed recording and creating this for you. There was lots of fantastic tips shared and we would love for you to share this online so you can take a screenshot of you listening, tag us at dermhealth.co. Also make sure you tag our partners at Dermal Therapy. And we just want to say a big special thanks to our partners, Dermal Therapy, um, for Digital Health Co. for producing this podcast series and We look forward to bringing you another episode really soon. Bye for now and be skin powered. This six part special series podcast was made possible by our partners, Dermal Therapy. Thank you so much, Dermal Therapy. We could not have made the series without you. One of the key benefits of dermotherapy that we love, besides, of course, its clinically proven results, is accessibility. You can pick up their products most places. The dermotherapy products are available nationwide across pharmacy, so Chemist Warehouse and all other major and independents, plus Woolies, and a select range at Coles. Amazon is now stocking the full range online as well, so you can jump online and purchase or visit them in store. If you'd like to learn more, go to dermotherapy.com.au. We just want to say thank you for listening. Thank you for taking the time and sharing your earbuds with us. We really hope that you gain some real insights here and we hope that you also learn something to help you face the world faster by improving your skin quality and empowering you on your skin journey. We just want to ask you one little favor we would love for you to share like or leave a five-star review this helps more than you can imagine it means that our episodes don't sit all the way down the bottom of someone's search engine and it can be easily found so that more people can learn about their skin and be empowered on their skin health journey so please take the time just take a moment and share this with a colleague a friend or a loved one and we really look forward to bringing you more derm health co-episodes bye for now Thank you.